I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome back to the Holtcast, where I'm joined by Dave from Talking Wolves, where we look to dust down the cobwebs sustained from the international break upon the eagerly anticipated return of the Premier League. It feels like an absolute lifetime ago since we were last sat back at Villa Park in our 1-0 defeat to Arsenal. Let's hope for a better result this time round. And I'm joined now by Dave from Talking Wolves. How are you, Dave? How have you been in this international break? Yeah, all good, thank you, mate. I, I, I'm not a big fan of the international football, so it's been a little bit of a drag the last couple of weeks. But I'm, uh, I'm glad Premier League football is back, and uh, what a way to kick it, uh, kick it back off with Wolves obviously hosting the Villa. Yeah, exactly. You and me both. Let's take a quick look at Wolves. You're sat in eighth in the table, one place above Villa, with a ten point advantage on those behind you. How are you feeling ahead of the game? Yeah, I mean, we've had, we've had an all right season, to be fair. Like you say, eighth place in the, in the league. Uh, some results probably sort of quite recently uh, could have gone a lot better and we could be in a much different position. I think we could be, you know, looking in and around the European spots a lot more comfortably. But we've dropped points twice against Arsenal, against West Ham, who are obviously a team in and around us as well. And our, our last game, um, the defeat to Leeds, which we were 2-0 up and threw it away. And, uh, you know, we lost, lost 3-2. So... You know, there's been a lot of games this season where it have been very fine margins. And if things went another way, our performance in the league could be so much different. And I'm not just talking about that we could be higher in the league. There have been games where we've won and we probably shouldn't have won. I'll say maybe the game at Villa Park. We were very poor in that game and we could be much further down the table. So, you know, we're doing what we can, we can at the moment. It's Bruno Large's first season at the club. He's doing OK. In the back of my mind... Well, I don't think Europe, Europe is possible for Wolves this season, but I keep looking at the table and we're still only two points, but two or three points behind West Ham. So you never know, Seb, you never know. Yeah, you spoke about that Leeds game, um, obviously conceding three to to end up losing it like like you did at Villa Park earlier on in the season. <laughs> um, Raul Jimenez got a red card in that game, probably controversially, maybe unfairly. Yeah. Um, what was your... What was your opinion on that and how do you think Wolves will set up without him for this one? I, I thought it was very, very harsh. Um, but the only people I've seen to think that it is a red card are Leeds fans. There's been a lot of neutrals that have said that it is harsh. I think it is just sort of a coming together. I'm surprised that the referee even gave a foul for it. Um, so, yeah, that was a little bit frustrating. And we just lost our heads as a team. We just, you know, we just couldn't keep concentrated. We didn't really bring on another focal point. So we struggled to, you know, keep the ball uh, away from our own goal, really. So I, I am interested and quite intrigued to see how we're going to line up um, at Molyneux on Saturday because obviously Jimenez is a big miss, although he's not been at his best this season. Um, our other proper striker is Fabio Silva, who I do think has a lot of talent, but obviously he's not ready yet. But there's a lot of fans that are wanting and thinking that he's going to start. So I think it will be... 
we'll probably play a similar formation. Um, sort of, we'd like to play obviously the five at the back. It'll be two in the middle, two wingers, and the striker. And I think that striker will be Fabio Silva on Saturday. Yeah, you mentioned Raúl Jiménez briefly, and we'll we'll come back on to him later on. You're obviously missing Neves as well, which is quite good from a Villa perspective because he always seems to to bag a goal against us. But going on to Jimenez in a little bit more detail, how do you think he's reintegrated into the side? Obviously, he suffered an awful, awful injury and there were question marks over his future in football. And I watched the Code Red documentary. I'm, I'm sure you will have done as well. And yeah. to see all the ins and outs and what goes on behind the scenes and how it can impact not only the player mentally, but also his teammates mentally. How well do you think he's done to have come back to that to perform at a high level? I, I think he's done okay. There will be a lot of Wolves fans that probably think differently to me. Um, but people have got to obviously consider, you know, you just have to watch that documentary and you know how serious it was. I think that Wolves fans just expected him to start this season as if it had never happened and go back to the player that was scoring us 15-plus goals a, a season. So... Um, yeah, he, he's done okay. I don't think the service in behind him has been great, but for what he what he's there have been games where he hasn't been good, but there's been other games where I think he sacrificed a lot and been one of the better players on the pitch. So he's already had two red cards this season. I think to be fair, both of them very controversial. Obviously, this one against Leeds. Um, I'm not sure if you remember or you saw it, the one against Manchester City as well, where he blocked the the he got booked and then blocked the free kick and got sent off. So two very controversial ones there. So. There is little bits like that. And I don't know whether it's just purely coincidental or whether, you know, it's just a little bit of a daft side has come into him this season. But I'll be intrigued from this summer onwards. I'll be intrigued with what Wolves do to him because he's coming into his early 30s now. Obviously, he's probably not quite the player that he was when we first signed him. Um, so it's getting to a point now. How, can we get much more out of Raul Jimenez? So I'll be intrigued to see how he finishes this season and what Wolves do for, uh, with him from next season onwards. Yeah, definitely. It could go one of two ways, couldn't it? On to, on to Bruno Larg. Obviously, his first first season of management um, in English football. I, I've been watching on really, really intensely because I remember there was a time period where he was linked to Villa after we got rid of Steve Bruce when we were in the championship. He was heavily linked yeah. to Villa Park. It sounded as though he wanted the job, but for some reason or another, it didn't happen. Um, he came in and you lost your first three games without scoring. And I think there were quite a few question marks over how he was trying to adapt and how he was getting the team playing. What have you noticed in terms of a difference to Nuno, who obviously was, I'm guessing, a fan favourite, it seemed, from the outside. And, you know, for him to then leave was seemed massively disappointing from a Wolves point of view. How has he changed Wolves' culture, if you like, and what are your opinions on him? Yeah, obviously going back to Nuno, there was a very big split towards the end of last season. It probably started when West Brom beat us at Molyneux, um, and it, it was such a poor performance that the fans started to split and say, like, you know, we've got this team, we've waited to play Albion in how long, and we've got a team that is obviously so much stronger than theirs, and they still managed to beat us, and Whenever you lose a derby game, like everyone gets blamed for it. But ever since that game, really, it was a huge split in our fan base about Nuno and his future at Wolves. And, you know, we lost Jimenez and we were just really poor. We had no confidence whatsoever. So 
it came to the end of the season. Obviously, the, the club and Nuno parted ways, and I was really sh- shocked. I was disappointed. I thought, you know, I wanted for him to have another. We still don't know if he was sacked or he walked. They say it was a mutual decision. I, I don't know, but I would have liked to see him have another go. And when all the names are thrown about, the, the managers like Gerard, obviously, you know, who's still at Rangers at the time, I thought I would love to see uh, him be given a go. There were other Portuguese managers, but they always seem set on bringing Bruno Large in. And to be honest, uh, at the start of the season or at the start of uh, the summer, I wasn't 100% convinced because you look at his CV, he's only managed Benfica at a senior level. Um, he's been an assistant pretty much everywhere else. But to be fair to him, at Benfica, he had a really good record. Um, so when he came in, um, like you said, those first three games we lost, but we were probably the better team in all three of those. So I wasn't too concerned, to be honest. Um, but he's, he's been grinding out results. He's beaten. He, we've won games where I probably wouldn't expect us to beat. We've made uh, things difficult for teams. Um, in terms of play style and so on, I would say he's a lot more positive than Nuno was, especially last season. Nuno was really negative. We had a really deep defensive line, whereas now we're almost quite the opposite. We like to frustrate teams a lot more. I think uh, Bruno's brought almost uh, a little bit of a nastier side to Wolves. Uh, we try and bring the dark arts into it a, bit, a little bit more, as daft as it sounds, just a little bit more time-wasting, um, which you, never, you don't really like to see in the game. But at the same time, you know, it, it's how teams win games. You know, their game management, that's something we've improved on quite a lot. So just overall, it, it, it's a lot better, but he's not quite had the backing yet. So I'm really hoping that he has a strong end to the season and this summer the board can back him and try and start bringing in players that he wants uh, at Wolves. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I've said it about Villa so many times this season that I wish we were more street smart when it came to running the clock down. And it helps you win win your football matches at the end of the day. Um, Yeah, I mean, looking at it from an outside point of view, he's got you two points off of West Ham and David Moyes has come in for so much praise for how he's got West Ham up the table. And it almost seems as though Lager's gone under the radar a bit. Is that sort of a better thing from a Wolves perspective because it helps you, you know, get about your results in a quieter manner without such the, you know, media hype around you? Yeah, I, I think I think so. There's a lot of, there are, again, bringing up the Wolves fan base, there are a lot of fans that get wound up about it. Like, why aren't we being spoke about like this team and this team? And I was there like, I'm not too bothered. I'd rather keep under the radar. Like you say, you know, if you, you're getting good results and then all the media starts looking at you, you're going to get scrutinised more. You're going to get criticised more. Um, so yeah, like you say, I like to keep under the radar. Same with the players as well. So why aren't why aren't why isn't this player being spoke about or this player being spoke about? But you know, as soon as players get in the limelight again, the same thing. You know, you'll have teams looking at them or get team. You know, other fans criticizing them if they make one little mistake. So yeah, I, I don't mind being under the radar a little bit. And lastly, just touching on Wolves, you you mentioned it briefly there for a second. You had no senior signing in January. In fact, you haven't made a senior signing in January since signing Podence in 2020 for 17 million. Um, Was it disappointing not to see anyone come through the door in January or was it more expected? Yeah, I mean, we signed, well, we had, I I wouldn't say maybe not a top senior signing. We signed a lad called Chiquinho from Portugal, but he's sort of in between the 23s in the first team. But yeah, it was disappointing, um, especially as we let Adama Traore go. Uh, I think a lot of people were, well, we had a lot of hype at the end of the, the summer window. Um, we, we thought we were going to be signing uh, a centre-back. We were linked with Sven Botman. Um, we were linked with uh, a, a few good centre-halves and then Renato Sanchez on deadline day as well, and it all fell through. So 
a lot of Wolves fans were disappointed and we thought maybe we could revisit those sort of moves in January and nothing really got linked. Adama was the only thing that was happening really and obviously he'd gone. So, um, yeah, it, it has been disappointing. To be honest, the, the last few transfer windows have been disappointing. You look back to when we got promoted and the players we were bringing in, we were signing Jota on a permanent deal, Patricio, Martino, and then it's sort of just gone downhill and just slowed down ever since. So, um, I know from a, a club point of view, they're, they're trying to get us a little bit more self-sustainable. They don't want to just start spending 100 million every window because you can't guarantee that's going to lift you up the table. So they are being clever with transfers, which I don't mind, but fans obviously want to see improvement. And our squad has been so small for the last two years, or I could say three years because Nuno liked it small, um, but we just haven't improved the the depth at all, uh, really under large. So we're hoping, like I said earlier, hoping this summer that he really gets backed. What What would you hope for in the summer in terms of positions? Is there any names that you'd like to go for? Um, well, I think long term, Bruno Large will probably want to change formation as well. He played a lot of four four two at Benfica, and he's coming to Wolves and sort of been dictated by the players he's got. So he's had to sort of stick with Nuno's tactics almost, playing this five at the back. So. I think we need centre-halves, um, whether that be one or two quality ones that actually know how to play a back-four system. I think another central midfielder, for sure. We don't know the future of Ruben Neves, so may well be a replacement for him. Um, possibly another striker, to be fair. You know, when Jimenez isn't firing, I don't think Fabio Silva is quite ready yet, so I think we need a, another senior striker. But those sort of positions, really. But I think some of it may depend on our league finish. If we can creep into Europe, it'll be really intriguing the, the calibre of players that we'll be able to bring in. Yeah, definitely. It certainly puts you in a higher band in terms of the transfer market. Let's let's switch the momentum for a bit. Um, going back to the game at Villa Park, obviously Villa 2-0 up, Wolves score in the last minute to, to take the win 3-2. Probably one of the worst results to be on the end of as a home fan, but as an away fan, there mustn't be any better feeling and that game was almost the start of Dean Smith's demise from a Villa point of view I think we went on to lose five in a row obviously leading to him being sacked and bringing Steven Gerrard in what have you what have you seen from Steven Gerrard that you've thought about him so far and what are you expecting from the game on Saturday I know it's going to be a tough game I think the games against Villa are always tough I think you'd be very brave to predict you know if which you know a team to win the game I thought at Villa Park we were really, really poor. It was right after the international break, I remember, because we'd rested a couple of players. I don't think Jimenez had started. We started Adama Traore and Juanqui Chan up front, I think, and it was just it was the first time that Bruno played two up front and it just didn't work whatsoever. Um, but we were really poor, and I think it took him 70-odd minutes before he made a change. And then I think the, the issue for Villa is Wars had almost done the opposite to Villa. All the players that were on international duty for us, we kept on the bench. Whereas Villa had started them, I think it was like Douglas Louise, Buendia, and so on. So as Villa brought those players off, we brought our fresh players on, and that's what that's what changed the game really. So I was really surprised uh, that we were able to win, and sort of like you said earlier about the game management and stuff like that. I think you know if Gerard can bring that into Villa a little bit more, just to try and see our matches, I think you'll be okay. But I think he's proved that he's he's got quality as a manager. If I'm honest, I've not seen a huge amount. Um, but it seems to be from the outside, he's picked up a couple of big results or at least he's given some big teams some good games. So I think you'll be fine with him. You look like straight away in January when you were linked with the likes of Coutinho, I thought no chance. But that just shows the pull that he's going to have as a manager. He played with so many quality players at Liverpool, even towards the end of his Liverpool career. 
that are still playing now, even as mad as it sounds. I saw Suarez rumours as well. Who knows, mate? I think, you know, with that Paul Gerrard has got, um, that, that's going to be really, really good. And it sounds like your, your owners and your board want to back him as well. So I think I think you're in safe hands for, for, for a little bit. Yeah, definitely. It'll be really exciting to see who comes and goes in summer. Let's look at let's look at the Villa team for a bit. Jacob Ramsey obviously breaking through, breaking onto the scene under Gerard. His his first start for Villa was away at Wolves last year. We obviously won one nil with a penalty in the last minute. What have you seen of Ramsey that you think could cause problems at the weekend? Or is there any other Villa player that you are particularly worried about? I think I think Villa have got some really strong players. Ramsey alike. I think we that's the sort of player Wolves need a little bit more energy in the midfield. He likes to you know break the lines and sort of you know can can get into the opposition's box. You know he's starting to find himself on the score sheet a little bit more now, uh, or at least getting some sort of goal contributions. I saw he's got a great goal for the twenty ones, didn't he last week as well? Fantastic goal. So um, he's a really talented young player, and he's one that obviously Villa want to try and. Keep their keep their hands on, but there's some quality players. Coutinho, I really wasn't sure how he was going to be when he came back to the Premier League, um, and and he's done really really well. Again, another player getting a lot of goal contributions, but all over the pitch. Um, Ollie Watkins, although he's not probably scored as many goals as he would have wanted to, he's always a danger man. He's always getting in the right sort of areas. So just quality all over the pitch that Wolves have got to be aware of. Fullbacks in, in the likes of Digne and Matty Cash. Um, so yeah, a really good side overall. I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Are you are you going to the game on Saturday? Yeah, I'll be there. I was, I was there at Villa Park as well. I couldn't believe it. So I'm hoping it will be the same sort of result, but a lot less stressful. On that <laughs> <day>. <laughs> um, if I if I had to push you for a score prediction, do you have one in mind? Yeah, let's go. My my heart says two nil walls, but my head says one one. I'll probably go with a 1-1 draw. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. And the last question I always like to ask people before we wrap things up is a non-football question. So I do the previews every week and I get someone from before to ask a question forward to the next person. Um, and the one, it was an Arsenal fan. And the question that he's asked you is the weirdest sandwich topping that you like. Is there one? I think he was talking about, God, I can't remember what it was. I can't remember what he said, but it was it was really odd. Is there one that you've got? Uh, weird. Weird. Let me try and think. Uh, Unique, maybe. Yeah, I I always I always I don't just like a cheese plowman's like when I have a meal deal, like <laughs> cheese and like pickle and stuff. I don't I don't just like that's normally my go to meal deal, you know. And a lot of people are like what? Like of all the meal deals, you pick a cheese plowman. So I don't just like a cheese plowman's to be fair. What about um, the crisps and the drink in a meal deal? Right, might, yeah, it's, it's a cheese ploughman's or if I, I work next to a sandwich, so it's a cheese ploughman's or chicken salad normally. I'd always go for a Doritos as a crisp. Yes, got to be. Drink. Yeah, Pepsi nice, nice. No, it's a safe choice, I think. Yeah, brilliant. And if you had to ask a question forward, it, it's for Spurs if that helps you make your mind up any easier. Well, you talk about, uh, let's go from sandwich to pizza, so the weirdest pizza topping. Nice, brilliant. Thanks for that. No problem. And that's about all we've got time for on this occasion. I can't wait for the game this weekend. Games against Wolves are always a great atmosphere. It certainly lacked it last season when we didn't have fans there. It's just a shame the first game back in front of fans, Villa decided to throw it away within the space of 15 minutes. 
let's hope that we come out differently on this occasion and we get a result similar to the one that we got last year, a clean sheet and three points. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice this weekend? Let's see if we can catch some ground on the top eight, eh? finish the season off with a bang. Anyway, thank you for listening. As always, check our page out at 7500 to Holt on Twitter and check out Talking Wolves as well, which is quite self-explanatory. Anyway, thank you for listening. Make sure to leave a like and a comment on Twitter if you get the chance. See you for the next one. When your skin feels nourished and glows, you radiate confidence. Osea makes giving your skin a glow up easy with their clean, clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This seaweed-powered duo features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.